0: Amen, good morning, everyone. Just thinking this morning about the privilege that it is to be part of a vibrant local congregation, an expression of the church, God's family, and to be part of um, a community where we are hearing the word, where we're encouraging each other, where we're worshiping Him together. And we think about the fact that all over the world today, there are believers like us, that are lifting up his name, that are following him, that are yielding to him, and we are part of that much greater cloud, that much greater group of believers that, and that force that God is using in this world. And isn't that a cool thought? And um, one of the things that stuck with me is uh, from, from last week as we, we started the service is a prayer that, that um, Paul echoed, a prayer of Moses, where he said, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, then don't take us away from here. And that really stuck with me. And um, I think we've been flowing in in such an amazing time of worship and inviting the Holy Spirit here this morning. I almost feel like I shouldn't really preach. Let's just carry on with what we were doing. I'm just gonna encourage us to do the same thing. But... I would love to encourage us along those lines this morning. Lord, if your presence isn't gonna go with us, we know that we we aren't gonna be fruitful. We aren't gonna be able to do what you've you've got for us because Lord, you have something for us in our time, in our generation, in, in our lifespan here on earth. And in order to do that, we need your presence. We need your Holy Spirit within us. So, I've titled this morning's message, His Presence Within Us. His Presence Within Us. And it comes from this verse in the Amplified Version. Galatians 5, verse 22, that says this. But the fruit of the Spirit, or the result of His presence within us, is love, joy, joy inner peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The result of his presence within us is this fruit, this life, this abundance. And we look at a new year and we, we start to look at our goals and our resolutions and our dreams and our visions. But how many of us would love for 2024 to be a fruitful year in our lives? A fruitful year in our families, a fruitful year in our businesses and in our work, a fruitful year in our local church family and in building His kingdom in every aspect that we are involved in. And a fruitful year empowered by His presence within us. We can't buy these fruit of take a lot. Won't find inner peace listed on Amazon, I believe it's coming to South Africa. You can't get taught goodness by a YouTuber, they might try. You can't learn to love by getting a university degree from Oxford or Stanford, they are the result of his presence within us. Amen? So I wanna switch to a portion of Romans this morning, Romans eight, and Paul actually said that part of the plan for the year will be to dig deeper into this portion of scripture. So I'm gonna just take out one or two themes from it this morning and leave all the meat later on in the year, but it's a chapter that that stuck with me over December and the beginning of this year, and one that I've um, just felt that the Lord wants to do something in me personally, that He's using this to frame some of what He's speaking to me and challenging me in this year, and I would love to share that this morning and trust that it's an encouragement to all of us. Amen. So I'm going to dive straight in. I invite you to turn to Romans eight. We're gonna look at one to eight, but I also uh, would invite you, if you don't need to look at it visually, you can close your eyes and listen to this amazing portion of scripture. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied in us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So we're speaking about life in the spirit this morning. And it's a topic that I for one and maybe some of you guys might have thought life in the spirit is quite an advanced topic for us as believers. It's one of those higher grade topics. Lord, just please help me. I'm just trying to get through reading my Bible, praying, do not murder, those basics. (laughs) I'm just trying to get through those things. And uh, life in the spirit sounds like one of the more advanced topics. Like I need to first have done the walking on water course and that kind of stuff. Then we can get to life in the spirit. But Paul is saying here that life in spirit is the normal operating mode for us as believers. It's our default. It's our normal way of living and interacting in this world. The Christian life without the work of the Holy Spirit, is a Christian life that can't please God. That's what it says in verse eight. In fact, in in verse 10, later on, Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then you actually don't belong to Him at all. Because at the time that you were adopted into His family, He gave you a new Spirit. He put His Holy Spirit in us. So maybe you hear this morning and if you're honest with yourself, you'd say, Dan, I, I'm not sure if I belong to Christ. I'm not sure if I have the Holy Spirit living in me. And that's fine, you're in the right place this morning. And if after all of this, we haven't scared you away, then please, let's have a talk later and let's talk about how we can take a step further towards Jesus in our lives. I welcome you to come after the service. This is the new normal operating mode for us as believers. See, when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, we accept by faith His work for us on the cross, we are also choosing to give our lives to Him. What does that mean? We're choosing to live our lives in a new way, in a way that honors Him, instead of a way that belongs to me. So in that sense, I both belong in Him and I belong to Him, amen? So what happens when we belong? I am going to go back to verse two quickly. Because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And verse four says this, He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied in us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. This passage is talking about a transformation event that happens in our lives when we take the step of faith to follow Jesus with our lives. When we take the step of belonging in him and belonging to him. There's a transformation event that happens in our lives. He places His Spirit inside of us. Something inside of us changes. The power of sin and the power of our sinful nature is broken over our lives at that moment. That is the good news. That is part of the central gospel, the power of Jesus' work inside of us. Why? Why is it such a big deal? What's so bad about our old nature? Well, we read, let's go back to verse five. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting the sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Paul contrasts these two ways of living. A life dominated by my sinful nature, obsessed with my desires, my impulses, what comes naturally to me, that's the way I was born, that's who we are as sinful human beings born into this world, but what does it lead to? a life absorbed in self that looks looks only for myself creates distance in my relationship with God, creates distance in my relationship with others ultimately, which leads to death. There's not fruit here, there's not life here. And he contrasts that with a life that is empowered and led by a different spirit, by a different entity, a different power that God himself puts his presence within us and empowers us to live a different way. And in that way of living, practically outworking that in our day to day, in our thinking of others, in our thinking of what pleases the Lord, in our motivations, in our thought life, there is life and there is peace and there is fruit very blunt comparison that Paul makes for us here. We became a new creation in Christ. It's like a picture of the the worm, the worm that is destined to be something else. And the worm goes through a phase in its life when it gets into a cocoon and a, Transformation happens inside of that cocoon. A metamorphosis happens inside of that cocoon. And after a period of time, the cocoon breaks open and something else pops out of that cocoon. Something with a fundamentally different nature to that worm comes out of that cocoon. There was a transformation event that happened. There's a beautiful butterfly that comes out. And... This beautiful butterfly has wings but it also has feet still. And what if this beautiful butterfly got outside of its cocoon and it looked around and it saw its old worm buddies and it thought, I kinda miss just being on the ground. I kinda miss just being one of the creepy crawlies I was really good at crawling in the dirt. I don't know what these new things are. I don't know if I have the time or the inclination to learn how these things work. I'm glad I look pretty and everything like that and you can call me a butterfly, but I think I actually still identify as a worm. I'm a butterfly who identifies as a worm. Have you ever seen one of those? No, I haven't. I haven't. A caterpillar? It's a caterpillar, the hungry caterpillar. It's not a worm. Thank you. I'm glad you're listening. (laughs) Yes, Zoe. (laughs) What I'm trying to illustrate here is that although there was a transformation event that happened in my life, There is still a struggle and there is still a battle over my day to day living as to whether I will be dominated by the old normal or my new normal. My new normal is there. I'm empowered, I'm changed from the inside out. I don't have to strive and beat my head against um, the wall to do what I have to do and to discipline myself into doing what I have to do. But if I choose to slip back into what was natural to me, what felt normal, I can easily go back into my old normal. So let's look at Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17. I'm gonna start with verse 17, it says this. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit, and the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. As these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do the good things that you want to do. Another translation says that every choice that we make is caught up in this conflict. So can I be honest with you guys? December is definitely the most wonderful time of the year. Amen, December is great, January is great. Paul's spoken about some of us in our body that are going through trying circumstances. But for many people, it is a time of holiday, of rest, of relaxation, of celebrating Jesus, of Christmas, of family. But if I'm gonna be honest with you, sometimes there's a lot of family. Sometimes there's a lot of spending. Sometimes there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of sugar. There's a lot, there's too much sugar in TV. There's no school. there's a change in routine, these are good problems to have, most of them, right? But there are things to get distracted by. There are things to disagree on. There are things to react towards. There are things to worry about. Paul spoke about January. Every day of our lives, We do have circumstances that will throw us into this conflict of our old normal versus our new normal. But the word tells us that this isn't a conflict of equal powers. Oh, which one's gonna win today? The old life has been defeated. The power of sin has been defeated. I am a new creation in Christ. I belong to Him. He's made me new, my identity is in Him. I might choose to sometimes walk on the floor again when I miss being a caterpillar, but I am a new creation in Christ, amen? So in the face of this conflict, how are we to live? How are we to live? I skipped over verse 16 of Galatians 5. So let's go back to verse 16. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek Him. Be responsive to His guidance. Everybody say responsive. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. So what are we to do? We are to seek the Holy Spirit, His presence in us. We are to seek a connection with Him. We are to stoke times where we can commune with Him where we can hear His voice, where we can worship Him, where we can turn off other distractions. That's why we had such an amazing time together. And that's part of what I wanna encourage us today is to be people who are comfortable lingering when the band isn't singing any words. To be comfortable because that is our time in worship to sense the Holy Spirit. to welcome Him, to be filled up with Him, to trust Him, to do something in us that we can't do on our own, the result of His presence within us. I'm gonna jump back to Romans eight and I wanna read verse 14 that says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Let's say this together. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And verse 17 says, and since we are His children, we are His heirs. Isn't that awesome? We're not just children in the sense that He takes care of us and then That's the end of it. We are his heirs that he is trusting his mission and his work and his purposes to on this earth as his hands and feet. But he does that as his children. And what identifies us as his children? Being led. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, when we are being led by the Spirit, when we are choosing to walk in a, in a way that crucifies my old nature and my old impulses and my old desires and chooses to hear, Lord, what are you saying in this situation, in this emotion that I'm feeling, in this reaction that's going on inside of me? Holy Spirit, what are you want to say how do you feel about that in that moment of being led by the holy spirit we are behaving as his children we are operating as representatives of the father we are displaying his nature what has he got for his heirs He's called us not just to be good. He's called us not just to get away from sin. He's called us not just to live the rest of our lives squeaky clean. He's called us to be his heirs, to be stewards of the family business. What's the family business? Building his kingdom here on earth. But how do we do that if we're not empowered by him? How do we do that on our own strength? I don't know about you guys, but I come short. In my own strength, I come short all the time. I've got the right theology. I've got the the right thing in my head, build the kingdom. But if I don't have the empowering of the Holy Spirit in me, in the moment, I can fall short so quickly. I can put my feet on the ground (laughs) and start operating in what I And what I feel comes naturally to me and what my old nature says comes naturally. We need the Holy Spirit this year. In 2024, we need a fresh encounter. We need a fresh way of life in Him. I need to host His presence in my life. I need to invite Him into my life. I wanna be more aware of Him. I wanna be more responsive to Him this year. I thought I'd never be one of those parents who brags about their kids. You know those parents. And my daughter clearly is listening very well this morning. She already corrected me. But she has this amazing ability. Guys, I don't know if any other child has this ability. <clears throat> I feel like she's ahead in many respects. When she watches TV, It's almost as though she has built in noise cancellation headphones in her mind. It's like she can tune out any other voice and any other noise that happens around her. No, no, no instructions are gonna be heard right now. No requests, (laughs) no questions about your day will be entertained at this time, thank you very much. I am focused. I am unaware of anything else that happens. We've learned that there's certain keywords that can sometimes pierce through the, the noise cancellation barrier. Chocolate, how was, how was your day? Ice cream, we're going to a bath right now. And then you kind of see the eyes moving a little bit. But I can be that person who is so focused on what's going on around me, so focused on my ambitions or my worries or some desire that I completely lose track of what the Holy Spirit might be doing in this situation, might be saying the bigger picture, I'm offended, I'm reacting, and it's actually not about this little thing. That's a storm in a teacup. God's doing something else. He's doing something bigger. And me having to walk through that and and, uh, learn some character lessons is just a small part of what he's doing in the bigger picture. So what are some of the things that we can bring to the Lord this morning? Some of the areas that we can surrender to him, yield to him, ask him to lead us in. That language of leading Reminds us back to the people of Israel that were led out of Egypt. And how did the Lord lead them? Led them by a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire by night. But very shortly, he led them to a place that didn't look like a very safe place. It didn't look like a very fruitful place. They were on the edge of the Red Sea and they could see Pharaoh's chariots descending down upon them. And in that moment, this conflict played out between the old and the new, the old nature and the new reality. God had done this amazing series of miracles. His faithfulness was on display to get them out of Egypt. And yet, when they got to the next barrier, the people panicked. Moses, why have you brought us here to die? We could have stayed in Egypt and died there. And I don't think I would have done any differently if I put myself in their shoes, looking out at this Red Sea and that moment of conflict. Do we go back to Pharaoh? There's maybe still a chance we can negotiate with him. Egypt wasn't so bad, let's go back to slavery. At least we won't die right now in this moment, or we trust that God is doing something in this moment, that He's leading me forward, that there's more for me, that there's more for us in 2024, that His Spirit will go with us into the challenges that we're facing, into the opportunities that we have ahead of us. So I wanna to end the service with a time of listening to the Holy Spirit and where we started welcoming Him into some of these areas of our lives. And for you, maybe there's something obvious that's going on, something big that you need to ask the Holy Spirit to to come in and lead you through. But for many of us, I'd like to encourage us to look at the different areas of our lives, unpack. Holy Spirit, what do you wanna say to me my relationships, in my family, in my work, in my ambitions, in my motivations, in my identity. Holy Spirit, what are the patterns of thought that you wanna change in my head this year? I wanna go beyond my striving and I wanna invite you, Holy Spirit, into these areas. And today isn't really about how we do this over time and the practices, we're gonna have lots of time for that in this year, but today is about a chance at the beginning of the year to say, Holy Spirit, this year, I wanna seek you. This year, I wanna be empowered by you as the normal operating mode of a believer, not something extra, but the only way to live. I desire you, Holy Spirit. I wanna be responsive to you, Holy Spirit.